Aaron Rodgers continues to be publicly vague about his future, potential landing spots for other NFL quarterbacks, and some NFL draft hypotheticals. All that and more coming up on this 22222 Twitter Tuesday. You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Those are the Twitter handles to hit if you want to get involved in Twitter Tuesdays like today's podcast. We've got a little quarterback news to start. Aaron Rodgers uh, has a statement out, and he's going to be on another podcast later on today after we're done recording, and we'll see what he has to say on that podcast, or if it's more, I don't know, weird See you next summer gibberish, which is what his, this uh, this felt like. Uh, some rumors with some other quarterback landing spots that are free agents. And then your Twitter questions will fill up today's program. Matt, uh, we got to start with Aaron Rodgers. And I get, I'm going to read the entire message from Aaron Rodgers that he, okay. that he left on Instagram Monday night. I, I don't know what's going on with Aaron Rodgers. And I don't think anybody does, but... This whole year and him like, you know, backpacking around with his celebrity girlfriend who he talks about in his statement here. um, It feels like Aaron Rodgers is like just finished his freshman year in college and, you know, took some uh, illicit drugs for the first time and, you know, opened up some (laughs) books that is, you know, opened up his mind to the world a little bit. he's, He's like going through a process that people usually go through when they're 20 years younger than what Aaron Rodgers is, 15 to 20 years younger than what Aaron Rodgers is right now. It's really, really an odd situation from him. I want to get your comments on it, and I don't think you've heard... Put these mushrooms on your pizza. You'll enjoy it. I hope you're not busy for the next Exactly. Yes, that's (laughs) exactly what I feel like Aaron Rodgers has gone through this year. And look, maybe being a professional athlete, and it's not surprising, maybe he didn't have an opportunity to really go through that as a younger man because he was so you know driven by this and focused on this one thing. He didn't experience that sort of side of um, a young man's life, and he sort of is hitting that stage of his life right now. But this is the statement that he, or I don't know if it's necessarily a statement or anything, and uh, and I don't know if this is a prelude to another decision he's going to make this offseason, but this is what he posted on Instagram Monday evening. He said, Here's some Monday night gratitude for some of the incredibly special people in my life with some pictures from the last beautiful year. And there's pictures attached that obviously you cannot hear those. At (laughs) Shailene Woodley, his girlfriend that I believe he's not with anymore. Thanks for letting me chase after you the first couple months after we met and finally letting me catch up to you and be part of your life. Thanks for always having my back for the incredible kindness you show me and everyone you meet. And for showing me what unconditional love looks like, I love you and am grateful for you. To the men that I got to share the quarterback room with every day, Matt, Nathaniel, Luke, Jordan Love, Kirk Bankert, you guys made every day so much fun, and I'm so thankful for the daily laughs and stress relief you brought me every week of the year. I love you guys. To the Friday crew. Uh, he talks about Randall Cobb and David Bakhtiari and some more teammates. I love every moment we got to spend together this year. Your love and support was overwhelming, and I cherish the friendships I have with each of you. To my teammates, past and current, you are the icing on the beautiful cake we call our job football. The friendships that we 
have will transcend our collective time in this game, and I am so thankful for the role that each of you have played in making my life that much better. I love you guys and cherish the memories we've made. To everyone else, spread love and gratitude, you beautiful people, and read a book once in a while, too, while you're at it. Love and peace, heart, heart. That is what Aaron Rodgers posted on Instagram Monday evening, and it's sort of a cross between um, a, a senior year yearbook yeah, message like yeah. and a retirement, a half of a retirement speech is is a really odd one. And he's got a big decision to make this offseason, whether he wants to stay with the Green Bay Packers or not. What are your takeaways from from hearing this? Is it something that shouldn't matter? Shouldn't really be pertaining to what we're talking about with football and what his career will be? Is this the beginning of the end for Rodgers, either as an NFL player or a Green Bay Packer? What do you make of this? I don't make anything of it. And most players would come out with that. I would like to react to it stronger. But kind of like we just talked about his personality, I don't know what quite to make of Rodgers. Like you said, are we exploring our mind and traveling? Are we in that stage of his career like much younger folks usually do? Or is he like my dad in his mid-70s that has kind of given up what people think of him? Or is he just a master manipulator and is dr evil or i mean you know curling his mustache and ah, i'm gonna make him think this and do this and you know i know he's very bright he plays the game extremely bright i i I just think there's plans here and he's just kind of toying with us and is enjoying being the cat swatting the mouse around whether we like it or not or i think he might have been on his couch self-medicating on a Monday night. Maybe just a little stone. Exactly. Like, you know, that was I'm actually put my next thought was maybe it was pack another bowl, huh? And we'll figure this thing out. You know, we'll put an uh, Instagram post together. You know, good for him. I don't care. Uh, it, it's, uh, I, I'm, some people get mad about it. I just am fascinated by like, what is what is going on with, and I wish that's where, and, and I don't think you can go anywhere serious with McAfee and we'll see what he does on that podcast later on Tuesday. Maybe we'll have some more to there talk about tomorrow. There might be tons of news tomorrow about yeah. it, you know? But, uh, I, you know, just like it would be much more interesting to hear somebody interview him about some like what's going on, what's changing with him and, and maybe even less about football and, and less about like, I, I don't care about your politics. I don't care about your vaccination stuff. I don't care about if you're retiring or what, but like, like what, what happened where, you know, did, did you go away to college over the last year? Cause that's what it sounds like for Theron Rogers and everything that's going on with him anyway. So maybe more I like news. The yearbook. I like the yearbook post. It's, it's, uh, it's like so. It's like you signed yeah. somebody's yearbook, right? Right. Good luck at uh, Colorado State. We'll, yeah. you know, hope we see each other in the summers. And yeah, exactly. And, hopefully you know, we'll come back. Remember biology class where we shot spitballs at the teacher. You know, <laughs> it, it kind of has that feel. Um, so I don't want to look too much into it. I think he's you know just playing his games. He's having his fun. But I mean, the mouse in that cat and mouse conversation are all the. Packers fans listening, and to some degree, the Broncos fans that are hanging on every word, like, are we going to have our stud quarterback or not? And one of my favorite documentaries on in the ever is A Football Life. I can't wait for Aaron Rodgers' A Football Life in five or six years. You know, it, it, there's there's a little bit of the – it reminds me of – and that's that's who really takes the – the brunt of all this is Packers fans and being up right. in the air and all this is fun and games. If Aaron Rodgers comes back and he's good next year and he stays with the Packers. And I, do you remember the decision, the the LeBron thing a while back now? Shoot, that's what, 10 years ago now? Is it more when than that? When he was leaving Cleveland. When he was leaving and, Cleveland, yeah. And he ended yeah. up going, he said, I'm going to take my talents to South Beach. And he went to the Miami Heat. 
when he went through this whole thing and had a TV show about the decision and all of these things and made it so public, I thought, oh, he's for sure staying. You wouldn't go through all this and then just like screw over the whole fan base and make him sit through all this and then jam and, and go to another city. I thought for sure he was going to stay in Cleveland because of how public it was and because he went through everything. And so it made it worse to to drag the fans through this that are that are, you know, that are that are so attached to a player and so attached to a franchise. Right, right. They're Hang like, you word. and I can laugh yeah. about it. Packers fans are like, what's going on with my franchise? What's going on with my team? Right. And so um, it, it, it's sort of that sort of a vibe that everything's so public and everybody knows he's got a decision to make and he's, you know, posting things that are, um, that are just a kind little bit random. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's so Packers fans are, are the big losers in all of this, especially if, if Aaron Rodgers moves on and it's probably not good for his legacy either. No, right. I mean, and Favre left there in strange manners and ended his career in an odd way, too. And um, I, I don't have much more to take away from it. But, I mean, clearly Packers fans are looking at this thing like we would clearly be the favorite in the North with Rodgers returning. Without them and all the cap problems they have, is it blow it up time? You know, like it could be one extreme to the next. Really condescending way to end it, though, where he's like, Gratitude, you beautiful people, and read a book once in a while while you're at it, too. It's like, dude, Aaron, you got some. Right. <laughs> you you keep reading books and get back Rogers, to me sure. later because you're still in that freshman year of college mode right now. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, you don't worry about how many books we've read. Right. So, anyway, that's Aaron so, Rodgers right now. There's some other quarterback news out there, some quarterback rumors. Is there not? Yeah, there are. And I, I haven't read the article. I'm actually going to when I get on the exercise bike here in a, an hour or two. I think a lot of this stum, stems from Jeremy Fowler put out a a quarterback, what he's hearing around the league. you know. He, and Jeremy took over for Sando, who's a friend of the show and a friend of mine, as that national guy that always is you know quoting GMs and coaches from around the league. And Jeremy's a really good dude, actually. He would be in the uh, – dorm room next to me at St. Vincent's College in Steeler uh, training camps back when he was covering the Steelers. So I have a lot of respect for Jeremy, good pickup hoop player as well. Um, but some of the rumors that are coming out, and these are phase one of quarterback free agent rumors. So I just thought they were fun. Um, the, the, the headlines are basically many in the league believe Jameis Winston will stay in New Orleans. That makes perfect sense to me. Fowler also said, Marcus Mariota would, quote, make a lot of sense in San Francisco. And I want to get your thoughts on that. I kind of like that fit. And then he also mentioned Washington, Carolina, and the Giants could all work for Mitchell Trubisky. You know, I've, I've lumped those three together because they're all picked in the top three of their respective drafts. Uh, they need to step back and reexamine their career. They've done that. And then the other one, too, is reportedly – the Panthers have called the Vikings about Kirk Cousins. So Panthers linked to two of these. Yeah, Panthers should be linked to a lot of quarterbacks. Yeah. But to me, those the the so let's start with the the, the beginning. It makes the most sense. Um, Winston, Winston in yeah. New Orleans. Yeah, that sounds good, and, and I think that makes sense sure. to both of us. We've talked about that. Ross Jackson, host of Locked On Saints, was on the show. Felt the same way. I think that's um, you know maybe not imminent, but that makes a lot of sense for the New Orleans Saints. That adds up, yeah. Let's talk more about these free agent quarterback fits next, and of course, open up the Twitter Tuesday mailbag. There might be less football being played, but 
BetOnline.net has way more stuff to bet on this playoff season, from scores, totals, player performance props, to where the next fired coach is going to land. BetOnline is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. And it's not just football. I mean, BetOnline.net's basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC odds coverage is the best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, Bet Online is your number one online wagering destination. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. Bet Online, where the game starts. Of course, quarterbacks will dominate the NFL conversation for a lot of this offseason in between draft and free agent talk and Matt Williamson's top five prospects by position, including quarterbacks, coming up on tomorrow's episode. Marcus Mariota in San Francisco is perfect. I mean, I think I, it's perfect. Yeah, uh, I just depending on thought, but, depending yeah. on how much he makes. I mean, he might cost too much salary wise. I don't think the 49ers need to spend ten plus million dollars on a backup quarterback. You know, if he's a four or five mm-hmm. million dollar quarterback, it makes perfect sense. A guy that's been around the league a little bit has a similar athletic profile to the uh, young starting quarterback they're trying to develop, but has some veteran experience in the league and can win a game if you need him to play. And or if, you know, if for God forbid, Trey Lance is not ready or gets hurt or something like that, it doesn't derail your season completely. So Marcus mm. Mariota, I think, is a perfect fit for the 49ers. If he's affordable, I'd throw Tyrod Taylor out there as well as a really nice fit Good for one. the 49ers as a as a veteran backup quarterback. That type of player, I think, is exactly who the 49ers should go after. Unless this whole Tom Brady thing is, you know, there's a lot of conspiracy. Yeah, put that to the side. A lot of yeah. conspiracy theories out there about that. Yeah, I agree with everything you said about him, except, you know, I just wanted to add. They're a comp- you know they're a competing team. You don't want your season to be re- derailed because Lance gets injured or mm-hmm. isn't ready or whatever. You know, it, a guy like Mariota is a really good fit that way and good enough, but not too threatening. Right. Yeah. He's and just his personality is not threatening. He would seem like right. s- someone who would be you know? a good player to have in the locker room with the young quarterback. Yeah, I hundred percent agree. I like that fit a lot. If he's not too expensive and. He's not making a ton right now. Now, look, Trubisky, uh, what were the other names for Carolina? Carolina supposedly uh, called Minnesota about Kirk Cousins, mm, yeah. and Trubisky is supposedly could work out with Washington, Giants, or Carolina, all of which add up to me. You know, he's from Carolina, or went to Carolina. He's from, he's from Ohio. This is going to, to going to be a podcast, and we've teased this for a while now. It's probably right about time to get into that before, before yeah. free agency starts. But uh, I want to go through a podcast and really actually have like a, okay, this is target number one for this team. This is maybe the most likely landing place for quarterback for this team and then maybe you know a plan b plan c consolation prize sort of a thing for for each franchise that needs a quarterback for carolina what's the point with trubisky like what, what are you even doing go trade for russell wilson go trade for deshaun watson you know may i would say the worst quarterback that makes sense for them is Kirk cousins if they could make that happen that one makes a little bit more sense, but still expensive and uh, just go, go all in or not. Like you have to, you have to undo your mistake from last year by not drafting one of those young quarterbacks, go in and get another cast off quarterback. Doesn't make any sense to me for Carolina. So I, I hate Trubisky for Carolina. Go do something big or don't do anything at all and, and be bad and go draft a quarterback next year when the class is better. I'm torn on them because I think they're in a, a, a real pickle in terms of off season resources. You know, they traded some of their top picks for Darnold, they don't have a lot of cap space. They're paying Darnold, whether they like it or not, a big lump. But you can also look at that division, and especially with with Brady out of the picture, and say, 
we're Kirk Cousins away from winning this division, maybe. You know, I mean, the Saints could be formidable, I guess, with Winston. Um, I'm, a, I'm a little torn. I still think they'll be highly interested in Deshaun Watson, if that's a possibility. That just seems like such a fit and an aggressive owner and Clemson guy. Um, I also don't know that it'll be crazy talk. This is a sort of a prediction that post-combine, and not necessarily because of the way they work out, but just because everybody gets together at bars and everybody's talking like, you know, little old ladies at sewing circles, that we might start seeing mocks of Malik Willis or even Pickett at six overall to Carolina. That would be a cheap way to avoid it, you know? Right, and I won't be shocked when we start to see those mocks in, you know, the five, six, seven range with both Giants picks and the Carolina pick with those Mm -hmm. quarterbacks. Those names are going to start popping up in that neighborhood. It's just the way it works every year. I won't be shocked. But, again, if I'm Matt Rule, I'm looking in the future and I'm looking at a bad season of quarterbacking, which uh, uh, which a rookie might give you still, even if he turns out to be good in a couple years. I don't think you have that much time and that much leash because you want to keep your job – if I'm Matt Rule, and look, he's he, I don't know how much roster control he has, but if I'm Matt Rule, I'm like, I don't care how many first-round picks it takes. Get me a star quarterback right now because I need to win right now. I hear you. Yeah. Last one, I do think Trubisky to the Giants, the more I think about it, makes a ton of sense in that Jones is far from a slam dunk, but Dayball was hired to you know, resurrect his career. So I don't think it's trade the world for Russell Wilson or Rodgers yet in Giant land. But Dayball was also with Trubisky last year yeah. in Buffalo, and he would be competition, but not too threatening. Both those guys run well. They're both early picks, big, strong, strapping lads. You know, that Trubisky Jones doesn't sound nearly as bad as Jones and, you know, one of those uh, 55th ranked guys from yesterday that we talked about, you know? It's perfect. Trubisky to New York is perfect because yeah. if they have talked themselves into going one more year with Jones and they're not going to draft a quarterback at five or seven and Dable's already board. been in a locker room and been in a quarterback room with Trubisky, that's, you know, a little bit of a, a challenge, a little bit of a push. Maybe you find some magic there in Trubisky and he turns out to be something for you or a long-term backup or whatever it is if you move on from Jones. That makes the most sense. If And clearly I think Jones is still the plan this year and I think a lot of these teams that that hired new coaches part of the plan and I think that's why Cousins is not going to be available according to O'Connell and uh, because I think that's how those guys got those jobs I think it's the mm-hmm. same in Las Vegas as it is in Minnesota as it is in New York and right or wrong I think part of uh, Miami I think part of why those coaches got those jobs is because they said oh we can win with this current quarterback you have you guys did really good you just had bad coaching and I'm going to fix that part yeah, a high percentage of the quarter or the coaching hires sure seems like fix the guy we got, you know, including Chicago and uh, Jacksonville, where I mean they're not broken yet, but they're young. They need developed, you know. So no, I, I'm with you on that, but it doesn't mean we're just going to go with Daniel Jones and nothing else. You yes. know, if we can get Trubisky at five million a year or something. Let's see what he can do, and that'd be attractive for Mitch, too. Like, Mm -hmm. I can beat that guy out. Yeah, mild competition. You've already played in the offense with uh, Mm -hmm. the coach that's the new hire there, and you have a fresh start with the new team, and yeah, I like that one a lot. Yeah, I like that fit. Let's kick off this Twitter Tuesday with A. Hendricks sticking on the subject of teams. But before we do, this is the kind of thing that just tickles me. Okay. Happy Twitter Tuesday on 2-22-22. How about that? I mean, just (laughs) everything aligns perfectly. I mean... And it happens to be National Margarita Day. You know, go get yourself a nice margarita rock salt oh. on two twenty two twenty two. That just makes me happy. Oh, Pickles that's me. nice. I, Pickles I was, me to death. 
I've been a big palindrome guy since I learned what it was way back in elementary school. I was uh, okay. I was on the math team when I was in elementary school, the math and science team, and I quickly got became bad at math and bad at school in general. Uh, a few <laughs> years later, but yeah. at one point in my life, that yeah, I loved palindromes, and we had all these math equations trying to get to a palindrome number. And this week is all palindromes. Obviously, two twenty two. Oh, I didn't know that. Twenty two is the same forward as backwards, but uh, you know. Uh, 221, 22, also a palindrome, all the way through uh, all week long. So I see what you're saying. Yeah. So 2 2, either 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. Right. 2 2. Yep. Right. I yep. see what's going on here. So all week. It's going to be a good week. It's a palindrome week. And really, the best part of everything you just said is it's National Margarita Day, which I did not realize. And margarita is my drink of choice. And I make my own very special uh, oh. margarita, which I'm going to have to go to the store for limes, it looks like, in a little bit. It sounds like you have to. I, I had two <laughs> giant ones that were the size of small fish bowls on oh. Saturday night that were quite good, See, too. See, the, the way I do them is the opposite. I make them very strong but shorter. That's like, more my style, yeah. to be honest with you. I like tequila a lot, mm -hmm. but I usually sip it neat, you know, just, you know, Don Julio or right. Patron or something like that. And margaritas are rare for me because all the sugar. I mean, there's just they're too sweet. It's I an like unnecessary amount of sugar, yeah. And when you go yeah. to a restaurant that has, like, you know, $2 margaritas – uh, You're going to pay usually for it. The, that's usually the margarita I do not want to drink because it's 100%. very little tequila, a whole bunch of sugar, pre-made, really bad margarita mix type of thing. Uh, I'm all about the fresh squeezed lime juice and, and mostly booze in my margaritas. 100%. And this is a life lesson I should have taught our listeners long ago if they don't know. But everyone has a story about, oh, I'll never touch tequila again. I got so sick in college. Well, you drank garbage. You know, <laughs> if, if you're going to buy tequila... It has to be, has to be, has to be, has to be. And this is a $2 margarita comment, 100% agave. If you're not drinking a, a bottle with 100% agave on it, you're drinking ones with that's full of additives and junk, and you're going to barf in your shoes, and you're not going to be happy about it. So yes. to pay for the good stuff, I like to sip it neat. And I didn't plan on talking tequila with you, but on <laughs> two 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 with National Margarita Day, it sounds like we got it. Oh, I love sipping a little mar a little uh, tequila, a little mezcal. I've got a nice bottle that my father-in-law mm. brought back from Mexico that you can't get here in the states, so I might have to have a little sip of mezcal as well. But um, yeah, that's that's fun stuff. Also for the youngsters out there, yeah, don't drink the crappy stuff, and moderation no. helps too, Matt. That does, and I a little mean, water. I think that water is the key to the world. I mean, sip the water always has to be accompanied. Um, again, mezcal whiskey's really my drink of choice. To be honest with you, I'm a bourbon guy and I like Irish a lot. I also drink it neat, but mezcal to me reminds me of scotch. It's like yes. I'm just not quite man enough for it. I'm a bourbon guy. <laughs> I've tried scotch. I'm a tequila guy. I've tried mezcal. I'm not quite there masculinity wise for that it depends how far you go on the on the smoky scale and some can get really gnarly right. and some are just more like they just taste like a tequila that's made in a different region yeah well, that's true too right how about those listener questions we've got some draft hypotheticals coming up it's pretty much impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need for your specific vehicle why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning you know is your odyssey an lx or an ex you have computers at your fingertips that can access rockauto.com at home or even in your pocket so save time and money using rock auto don't spend that extra 30 50 even 100 more on chain store parts or at the car 
dealership when you can get it at rockauto.com. For example, for that Honda Odyssey I mentioned earlier, a fuel pump at a chain store, you're looking at $350. You can get it for $216, the same part, at rockauto.com. So go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. You can write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car or truck will ever need, rockauto.com. Okay, enough screwing around. Let's get to this Twitter Tuesday portion of the podcast. Let's dig in some questions. Let's go to Hendricks. We talked a little bit about the Miami Dolphins and their incumbent quarterback. Hendricks says, what are your thoughts on McDaniel higher in Miami seems like a solid ground game would be beneficial to the Dolphins especially in the colder road games later in the season hashtag fins up what do you think about uh Hendricks Dolphins here fins up on Mike McDaniel fix the running game there in Miami well we overlooked that they they moved on from a good coach who got hired by my team and that's that's a topic of discussion I, I don't understand why they fired you know, the incumbent, but I like the dude from your team that they picked up. That's one of my most exciting hires without question. I don't know if he's a leader. I know Flores was a leader and could stand in front of the room and demand respect. I don't know if this guy is or not. I'm not saying he is or not, but you're a hundred percent right. Question Eric, you know, ask her here that I think Tua needs a run game. I mean, I think that needs to be the foundation of the offense. It can't be that RPO centric. Uh, they're going to have a deep threat in Waddle. I think the receiving core in general will be decent. But I'm expecting this to be the most improved run game in the league. They need help on the offensive line. I think the Dolphins are going to go heavy offensive line shopping, free agency, trade market, draft, however they can. Uh, but, yeah, run the heck out of the football. Probably you know, running back added to the, the situation as well. A whole bunch of play action in a whole bunch of, a whole bunch of motion probably on it. Yeah, too. misdirection, yeah. And, right, mm-hmm. 100%. And I think that fits too well. He's a good ball handler. He's a good RPO guy. He can run a little himself. Quick decisions, get it out, accuracy. I don't want to see him dropping back five, seven-step drops, patting the ball, having to drill it in tight windows. I have no idea how the McDaniel hire overall is going to go, but the run game is going to get better. It's going to be a focus for that team, and uh, I think a pretty good hire for your Steelers, Matt, to pick up. I do too. Brian Flores, uh, yep. sort of you know, underreported signing there. I don't know what it does for Flores and his lawsuit. I don't think it really changes much, but is, now that he's employed, does he have less of a, a lawsuit against the league? He's not employed as a head coach, though, so that's a pretty big deal for Brian Flores, I'm sure. But uh, nonetheless, a good hire and, and a really good defensive coach that the, the Steelers picked up. Yeah, I was thrilled to add him. You know, I, I think he's a great football mind. He's developed a lot of young talent, you know, infused the defense. He got a new defensive coordinator. Tomlin's a big defensive guy, too, obviously. He's mostly the play caller. So between Terrell Austin uh, who got bumped to D.C., Tomlin and Flores. I think they have a really interesting trio of, you know, men of color, African-Americans that are leading this defense and leading this football team. And I'm not trying to – this is not a hot take. No one's told me this. But when they made that hire, I thought, I wonder if two or three years he's Tomlin's replacement. You know, like I can mm. see that. Yeah. 
I didn't really think about that, but uh, that that probably wouldn't be shocking. And there's been some, and Tomlin's not an old coach. He's a pretty young guy, but there's been some whispers recently that, you know, maybe, and there was some more this offseason. Oh, yeah, maybe, maybe Tomlin's going to be done. He's been in one place for a long time. And after you've been somewhere for 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Sean Payton left. And, you know, it's it's like he pushed out. It's just, I'm tired. I need a year off. I'm tired of doing this for a while. I mean, I'm just thinking that'd be a a, a logical replacement two years from now. Who knows? Let's go to Jonathan. He says, Matt, you've said a lot lately that fourth quarter defense is dead, and I largely agree, but pass rushers can single-handedly end a game like Aaron Donald did in the Super Bowl. Would you rank pass rushers most important behind quarterback? I would. Yes. I would. I just think the Combine's a perfect example of this, and I say it every year. The discrepancy of athletes on the D-line to the O-line is just massive, you know, Go watch this combine and all the edge rushers and D linemen versus the the off the guys trying to block them are night and day. I want three of them. Uh, I mean, it used to be I wanted two big time pass rushers. Now there's so many of them. I think you have to have three. You know, and um, you know, like Buckner, Armstead, Bosa for you guys. Two at Hayward, Watt for me. You know, I mean, like if you can, they don't all have to be Reggie White, but I need three guys that give me one on one advantages. And if I were team building, a high percentage of my resources would be on defensive linemen. I mean, I one of the things I adore about like Alabama and Georgia is they bring these defensive linemen in like hockey lines. You know, I mean, they're just five stars left and right. And that's an, an impossible thing to get to in the NFL. But I would put a ton of resources in defensive linemen of all shapes and sizes. And I know the analytics community – I think this is mostly pro football focus driven. They think coverage is more important than pass rush. I will disagree with that. I mean, I know there's numbers to back them up and not back me up, but I think you put Aaron Donald or Chris Jones over a center two feet away from your quarterback, that has a massive influence on how the play goes. Yes, and individual defensive linemen can wreck a game more than an individual offensive lineman which I'd probably put next oh, before yeah, yeah. even coverage guys. Um, you've, and and I, I would almost put the secondary these days are similar to an offensive line. You know, in nickel, you have five players in the secondary. You need to be kind of just solid everywhere rather than mm-hmm. have one superstar and one guy that shouldn't be on the field, right? And the same with an offensive line. Uh, I, would, I would put an offensive tackle maybe after a pass rusher as far as positional value goes. But really, if you have a swinging gate or a traffic cone at right tackle, what good is having a superstar left tackle? So just having a solid unit. So I'm starting to look more and more, and it's been this way for a long time with offensive linemen, but even more and more with secondaries now. It's, it's a unit. It's a unit of five guys. Be solid everywhere and not have any major holes. It's more important. And you go get your game wreckers on the defensive line where you, know, you can have a one-dimensional run stuffer but have a superstar pass rusher next to that or have one-dimensional pass rushers that come in on certain down and distances to help you out. And it's much harder to scheme those things with an offensive lineman that's really bad in one facet or a, a cornerback that can't cover speed or uh, a safety that can't tackle or something like that, right? So um, that's why pass rusher to me is easily and even getting further ahead in the rankings behind quarterback. It's just it's quarterback, a huge gap, pass rushers, a huge gap. Then let's start talking about the other positions. 100% agree. Well said. Um, to expand on that, it, just think about it a little bit, people. I mean, 
secondary and O-line play, they don't look at all the same when they walk in the room, but they're they're very similar in that they're very reactionary. And nine out of ten times, they're doing battle against someone who's more gifted than they are. You know, I mean, especially the safeties involved. And I'm with you, especially with O-line, but as well as secondary. I would rather have no holes than stars. Like, if my starting five are an A, a B, and three Ds, I would rather have C pluses and B minuses across the board. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. Trent Williams is wonderful, and he makes a lot of problems go away, but if the center on that line with a Trent Williams or another star is a turnstile, you're doomed. Right, exactly. Yep, absolutely. Uh, to a, on a similar note, actually, we got a question from JDS. He says uh, he would like us to do a show on this. We're not going to do a whole show, but let's quickly go through this. There was a question put out there on NFL Twitter. Pick five players to build your defense around. I don't know if you saw this tweet, Matt, but I'm going to list. I did, and I'm looking for it now so I don't screw up which ones they were. I'm going to list the players, and to me it's very easy, and to me it's a similar conversation. There are some very good players on this list, and, and some of them, because of the position they play, I would pick other players. So here are the, let's see, 15 or so players that you get to choose from, and you have to pick five to build your defense around. Okay. Those players are Ed Reed, Reggie White, Junior Seau, Warren Sapp, Charles Woodson, Brian Erlacher, Deion Sanders, J.J. Watt, Derek Thomas, Ronnie Lott, Aaron Donald, Troy Polamalu, Lawrence Taylor. Got to scroll down here. Uh, Rod Woodson. We've got Bruce Smith. We've got John Randall. And did I miss anybody? Oh, we have Derek Brooks. Derek Brooks. I'm yeah. looking at it now, too. I just yeah. found it. C... Okay, I get five, right? Yeah, here, let me give you my five since I've okay, had more of a it. chance I, I, I to think about it. I have a pretty good idea it. what I'm going to do. To me, it's pretty easy. Number one is Lawrence, and I'm, this is in order if we're drafting these. This okay. is my draft I was going to say, Lawrence Taylor is a, a no-brainer. That's Lawrence Taylor's one. Reggie White, the Minister of Defense, is two. J.J. Watt in his prime is three. Aaron Donald is four. His prime, I would put right there with Watt. Watt, just because of all the passes defense he has, is the tiebreaker. Donald's career, I would take over Watt's. Prime Watt, though, go back and look at Prime Watt's stats. I mean, this dude was mm-hmm. insane for four years. Um, Donald level and, and maybe even just a hair better just because of his length and, and the, all the... He had as many passes defenses as the top defensive backs in the league for some of those seasons. Crazy what Watt did. Um, and fifth for me is Deion Sanders. So what I have is zero safeties and zero off-ball linebackers. Positional value is huge for me in how I rank those players, so those are my five. Give me your five again. You said LT, LT Donald. Uh, LT, Watt. Watt, Donald, Reggie White. Essentially, I have a defensive line and Deion Sanders to shut him down on the back end. The first, so we're, we're definitely on the same page here. When when I looked at this, LT was the first pick, and so it's really a four-man conversation. And the names I wrote down were Donald, Watt, Reggie, Woodson, and Dion. I, I think Woodson's right behind Dion as a coverage guy, but He's also bigger. And then I'm with you. I would I didn't want linebackers or safety, but I put Ed Reed question mark with my thoughts of if I have Woodson or especially Dion locking down the wide receiver one, and I'm rushing the passer with three of these other dudes, Ed Reed might have 15 picks in, in deep middle. You know what I mean? Like just to <laughs> yeah. take the ball away, perfect fit for the pass rush that I, and pass defense I have set up. Ed Reed's going to be running, going to be high stepping down the field a lot. So I get five. Dion has to be one. 
along with LT. Reggie's going to be one. Mm -hmm. I'm taking Donald over Watt. And I basically think they're a tie, but Donald's more D-tackle than Watt is, and I need an interior guy with LT and Reggie, and Mm -hmm. I know Reggie can do everything. And now I'm torn between Woodson, Ed Reed, and Watt. There's no wrong answer. There's no wrong answer. Woodson, really a remarkable career because uh, yeah. a top flight corner, then a top flight safety. You know, two separate careers of being a Hall of Fame dude, basically. And Derek I Thomas. Say. I wish we'd have seen more Derek Thomas. He wasn't on LT's level, but that guy was amazing getting around the corner before amazing his untimely death, corner. unfortunately. He um, wouldn't have been in this conversation for me with no. these guys. Nor Warren Sapp, as far as interior guys. Warren Sapp, right. um, I think his mouth gives him a, a better reputation than what his career was, even though he was really good. He's not an all-time, all-time guy when you start putting him up against you know LT and, and Reggie White. And, and, and similar story with John Randall, too, as good as he was. And Bruce Smith, I would put uh, you know a step back of those guys as well. And, of course, off-ball mm-hmm. linebacker, I don't care who you have behind those guys. So Derek Brooks, Ray Lewis, They'll do fine. they're yeah. fine players, but they, they don't even – it doesn't even make a blip on my radar here for uh, who I would choose in this. Yeah. So, give me what? No, I'm taking Woodson. I mean, I mean Woodson and Dion are locking down everybody left and right. LT, Donald, and Reggie. Over uh, Reed? Yeah, I like the Reed idea, though. I mean, just lead the defense, deep middle. Any ball that gets tipped, he's taken to the house. I mm-hmm. mean, not that Dion's not going to create – Dion and Woodson wouldn't create big plays, too, but – I think Woodson was a. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> we have the we have the same four out of five. The question do, for you do. is: Do you also pick Watt to give us the same five out of five, or do you go with another defensive back? I'm going to stick with the the previous Twitter question and put my money where my mouth is and build with D line. There we go. go, Watt. So we're 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 in agreement there. This is just small potatoes, though. It's just. I only have one true D tackle and I invested four premium picks in D lineman. Like I don't think people are going to be running on me with my four man front of LT <laughs> Donald Reggie and Watt, but yeah. only one of them's truly a D tackle. Or, yeah. Or do you just, or do you make the fifth guy? Um, well, the other thing is it doesn't prevent you from having, uh, you know, keeping those guys fresh and, and cause you still have 11 players on your defense and you have a whole team. So you can mm-hmm. still filter in a, you know, a run stuffing, uh, linebacker, or you could bring in Ronnie Lott as the hammer behind those pass rushers too. It's like, okay, you got past the first level. Well, here's Ronnie Lott. <laughs> so there, there's another way you could go with that as well. But yeah, the, the question still remains. The answer is D line. That's the most important thing. And it's even more yeah. important now with the way things have gone. Cause it's harder and harder to cover. Um, and, and to a similar question here's one that i want to finish on and we're, we're lastly out. on that though okay. like uh, so then you know I, i'm the super bowl champ because my defense is awesome i'm using my first round pick this year on jordan davis from georgia you know give me the big hog nose tackle that's going to play 20 snaps a game for me and you know we'll keep everybody fresh and you know the, the i'm going to use a a pick higher than I have to on a 350 pound guy. Right. And you can find a thumper linebacker. Now find you can them find a safety. You can find a 350 pound rotational uh, defensive tackle that plays a yep. third of the snaps, but you can't fake the other stuff that those guys bring. No. Um, there's, and I might be able to take a, find a safety that can take the ball away. You know, not at Ed Reed's level, but yeah, can roam deep middle and, you know, there'll be more passes fluttering around for someone to take. Oh away. yeah. Yeah. Steven says, Brian running backs don't matter. Peacock. 
I'm actually in that <laughs> camp too for the most part, but question, if Barry Sanders was in the 2022 draft class and you needed a running back, would you take him top five if yes or no? Uh, and, and wait, let's see. Would you use a top five pick on him? If yes, would you spend your first overall pick on him? That's the question. Okay. Uh, Barry Sanders is in this class. Do you take him number one or top five overall, Matt? My answer would be if you're trying to win a Super Bowl, no. If you're trying to have a whole bunch of fun, then yes. Uh, I mean, I, you, you, I, I would understand the argument you take Barry Sanders. And by the way, as a young 49ers fan growing up, my favorite non-49er player in the NFL was Barry Sanders. Every Lions yeah. game was fun to watch because of Barry Sanders. But what did the Lions win in the 10-year career of Barry Sanders? Jack squat, right? Because you don't win because of running backs, and you definitely don't win nowadays because, because of running backs. He probably spent half his career hurt in this day and age in the NFL. Um, I would not spend the pick on Barry Sanders if my goal was to win a championship, if I wanted a ring. If I wanted to have fun, absolutely. Let's go Barry Sanders, and you'd be guaranteed a Hall of Famer, and you'd be guaranteed you're not drafting a bus with that top five pick. I'm going to disagree a little in that – that's a rare, rare player. I mean, that and this draft class is a very good. I mean, I wouldn't have taken That's, him over the, Lawrence the, or Fields. Yeah, and, and I'm sort of generalizing draft classes. This right, year I is figured, a, yeah. a, a, the best argument for to taking someone like Barry Sanders that you're guaranteed yourself a Hall of Fame running back because this class maybe isn't that good. But again, mm-hmm. draft Barry Sanders. If you're a top five team and you're bad, you draft Barry Sanders. That is not going to help you get to a championship. Period. So agreed. Like if I'm Houston, Barry Sanders does me no good. But if I'm pretty decent, if I'm last year's Bengals minus Mixon or something like that, I mean a team that is has a chance to rebound and be pretty good. Or frankly, hey, if I'm Jacksonville, well they have backs, but I mean, everybody has backs. So and I, which is why you don't take backs high. I get that. But the thing is, not only is he a Hall of Famer, like if this was Terrell Davis or Curtis Martin, no. But he's the best Hall of Famer, or one of the best Hall of Famers. You know, I mean, he's <laughs> one of the best that's ever done it. So I think that's a little bit different than just Joe Blow Hall of Fame running back. You know what I mean? Like, he he doesn't even need much of a line to be the first pick in every fantasy draft. You know, like, he makes your offense good even when it's not. Like, you throw him on Jacksonville or any of these teams, it would be pretty darn good. If I'm awful, awful Houston roster, no – if my roster's okay, yes. And, and the key here that we're not saying is there's so many salary cap implications to taking Najee Harris in the first round that are bad, really. Or oh, top that, five now, too, because the, the fifth-year right. option stuff is more than any running back in the league makes. There's a lot of that with tight ends. We saw that. So basically, once Kyle Pitts hits his fifth-year option, he better be the best tight end in the league because he's going to make most tight end in the league money. When on right, that fifth-year right, option right, right. by a lot. Same as safeties. And, safeties, you know, like yeah. Kyle so Hamilton will be in that The Kyle Hamilton and... conversation this year, right, exactly. Yep, yep. And the key is, too, if you have a running back under five years of cost-controlled money, that means you didn't use that pick on a tackle, that if you're in the open market, you got to go spend $15 million for an average tackle, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's, that's you might not have a great didn't offensive line, you might not have a great team around that running back, and the smart thing to do is be after year four, you probably trade him for multiple first round picks if a team's willing to do that. <laughs> so mm-hmm. a few know, teams are going to do it. Like can that's cool. Carolina trade McCaffrey for two first, probably not. I mean, McCaffrey's the perfect example. Exactly. Carolina wants the heck out of that contract right now. And he was the best running back in the league. Yeah. And injuries are obviously a more of a concern at that position because McCaffrey's done nothing wrong except for get hurt. You know, where like right. Saquon Barkley's gotten hurt and hasn't elevated anyone around him. You know, 
the Giants are regretting that pick heavy. Mm-hmm. It's a fun question. Okay, another quick question for you yeah. along those lines. The Jags have the first pick in the draft. What if Ronnie Lott, Ed Reed, Ray Lewis, Steve Hutchinson are in this draft? I'm talking like elite guards, linebackers, or mm-hmm. safeties. Are you taking them the first one overall? Again, this class is not as top-heavy. Last year, right. for sure, it wouldn't have happened. But this year, maybe you have an opportunity. Kyle Hamilton, uh, and I believe Lance Zerline just put him out there uh, on his big board number one. The best prospect I think he's the best player in the draft. Yeah. yeah. So, I don't know that he's Ronnie Lott or Ed Reed, right. but you know, there's that uncertainty. I mean, like, his range is insane. The more I've watched Kyle Hamilton, oh my gosh. Special, yeah. Yeah. But... I mean, yeah, can you... T- but you take Trevor Lawrence over those guys. Yeah, easily. You want Ray Lewis or Trevor Lawrence? That's a crazy question. Uh, I Trevor take... Lawrence. Uh, you know? It's hard because of the guarantee of those great players. Mm-hmm. Because it's a coin flip. It, it, these, That's the thing. Is these I hypotheticals is like you're guaranteed a Hall of Fame superstar difference-making player, whereas even if I like this prospect in this draft, I've got to take you know the, the guarantee of Ed Reed. Over, Too many people miss. Right. Top. Yes. Right. Exactly. Over a coin See, flip of a, a prospect, here. I think is pretty good. So that's yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I take the Hall of Famer, right. especially in this exactly. class. Yeah. I don't take them over Trevor Lawrence a year ago, though. Yep. Yeah. Okay. We're on the same page. Yep. Except for maybe the running back conversation. I, th- I still think I take Barry in the back. Yeah, Barry. It, that, it gets a little bit even more dicey there, and I wouldn't fault you for taking Barry if I'm trying to win this a, year. If I'm trying to win a title, I would not. I hear. You. I would trade. Interesting. Out. Fun show. Man, imagine Fun. the trade haul you could get if someone knew that Young Barry was coming out in the draft. Though that's what I would do. I would trade. I out. was thinking that too. Like I didn't want to get too far in the <laughs> door. Weeds, number three. Like, you know, Jacksonville just took ATN and they have Robinson and they need everything else. And oh, Barry Sanders just is eligible for this draft. I mean, what would Miami give you and or whoever? You know, somebody's going to give you a lot for Barry Sanders. You know, it's usually a contender. Yep. Like, imagine him on the Niners. You know, I mean, it'd be crazy. It would be it would be insane. It'd be so much fun. You would definitely not hate having Barry Sanders on your roster. That's definitely not the thing mm-hmm. I'm saying for sure. All right, we got to get out of here. We are way over time. We appreciate all the listeners out there. Thanks for making us your first listen every single day. For your second listen, check out Matt doing Locked On Dynasty. We've got Locked On NFL Draft happening with Eric Crocker and Ryan Tracy and special guests. It is officially draft season and coming up soon. In fact, starting tomorrow, we're going to get into Matt Williamson's top draft prospects by position we can talk about the top five running backs in this class that you should not be drafting in the first round and happy twitter two 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 day and margarita day have a margarita